the first promise, it's a promise to serve sacrificially because incorrectly what culture is going to tell us is that and why some people under-desire or avoid marriage is thinking that you have to choose between being fulfilled and having joy and happiness. Sorry, you have, to, you have to choose between being fulfilled, enjoying happiness, and loving someone sacrificially. It's like if you love someone sacrificially, it takes everything out of you to where you no longer find fulfillment in that. That's a lot of what culture is saying. But here's what Christian teaching teaches us, is that we don't have to choose between fulfillment and sacrifice, but we actually have this mutual fulfillment through mutual sacrifice. As both people are sacrificing to each other and giving up themselves to each other, um, there's an incredible joy and happiness to be experienced within that relationship, uh, right? So here's a red flag, though. If that's a green flag, if a green flag is a promise to serve sacrificially, here's a red flag. Um, and you've experienced this. A promise to serve when convenient. Mm. A promise to serve when convenient, right? So, um, you know, I've, I'm married now. I wasn't always married. I was born single. You're not going to believe that. Um, so as I'm trying to navigate, you know, finding my wife, you know, I'm back and I'm living in Texas and I'm in a relationship and my car breaks down. And as my car breaks down, I don't have a ride to work and I have to get to work. So, so then the person that I was with at the time, I'm like, hey, um, would it be possible maybe if it works out um, for you to take me to work? And she says, oh, can't you Uber? And she's, I'm like, oh, okay. And then she says, oh, man, can't, like, can't your, don't you, like, one of your, doesn't, like, one of your coworkers, like, live close to you? Can't they just take you to work? Like, I don't want to get up early. That sounds awful. Uh, red flag. <laughs> So then, uh, you know, I moved here to Orlando. I started dating Lauren, my wife, and I have to get an oil change. And now I have, like, PTSD from asking for a right to work. And I'm like, oh, how's this going to go? So Lauren, you know, hey, I was like, hey, Lauren, I need an oil change. She's like, oh, where is it? I'm like, okay, you know, it's here. She's like, oh, yeah, it's great. Absolutely. I'd love to pick you up, and I'll take you. That sounds great. Like, thank you for asking me. Like, I was waiting for you to ask me. I'd love to take you somewhere. Green flag, come on, right? It's incredible. And I'm like, yeah. See, a red flag is a promise to serve when convenient. A green flag, a promise to serve sacrificially. That's number one. What's number two? A promise to strive for we. A promise to strive for we. What do I mean by that? I mean, if we look at the text, um, uh, who's back there? Joe, are you back there? I'm sorry, the slides are, uh, this is my bad, not you. Can you go back to the text that we had? Just I want, I, this is my bad, not you. I didn't put that in order. Uh, here we go, because I want you all to see this. Um, Therefore, a man shall, what is this? Leave his father and his mother. I'm going to repeat this again. Leave his father and his mother. I'm going to repeat this one more time. Dudes, bros, leave mom and dad. Leave your father and your mother, and what is this? Hold fast to his wife. What is this symbolizing? This, this not just symbolizing, but both literally and metaphorically. Um, whenever you, thank you, you can go back to the, the strife for we, thank you. What are we talking about here? He's talking about whenever you start a marriage, you are starting a new family. You are not getting incorporated by your current family or their current family. You are starting a brand new family. You're starting something new. Now, maybe you've heard it said before, like at weddings, where like the dad is like real sad. He's like, you know what, though? I'm not losing a daughter. I'm gaining a son. Right? You've heard that before? <laughs> Wrong! 
bro, you're losing your daughter, man, and not like losing it, but like you have to think about it in the sense of like, because what, essentially what's going on there, it's going on like, I, I have children, I want to stay in control of their family, so I want them as part of my family so I can keep making all their decisions for them. It's a boundaries issue. Biblically, Biblically, this is what Paul is saying. He's saying, look, and this is not, Paul is quoting Jesus in Matthew 19. Jesus is quoting Genesis in Matthew chapter 2. Like, this is all throughout Scripture. Biblically, whenever two people get married, they start something brand new, a new family unit. And as you're starting something brand new, you leave your family to start a new family. Now, can you have a relationship with your Existing family, absolutely. There's really healthy ways to do that. But you have to first consider that you're starting a brand new family. And with a new family comes new language, right? This is, uh, counselors will call it connecting language, meaning uh, you learned how to talk based on the family that you grew up in. And who you're marrying learned how to talk uh, based on the family that they grew up in, as well as your own experiences as a single person also created language on how to talk about things, as well as um, their experience as a single person and their friends that they had at the time and maybe still have um, also created on how they talk about things. So why do people argue? People argue because they're ta- they don't know how to talk about the thing. Because you have different language, so you're like not talking to each other. You're like talking past each other, and that's why if you don't fight for we and connecting language, you're going to keep arguing about the same thing over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. If you've ever been in a dating relationship, you don't even have. If you've ever been in a friendship, it's very similar. Whenever you keep arguing about the same thing, why? It's because you don't have connecting language to talk about the thing that's actually going on, right? I experienced this. Um, so my uh, when my wife was pregnant, the first time. We're pregnant again. I don't think I've ever said that from up here. Our baby's born October 13th. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So six weeks. Woo! Okay, so here we go. Uh, so last time we were pregnant with our daughter Vera, uh, <laughs> we call it the Cuban sandwich fiasco because I accidentally threw away the Cuban sandwich of a pregnant woman. Yes, I did, right? So I, so I threw it away, and then Lauren is incredibly upset, right? And she's sitting on the bed, and she's pregnant, and she's like, you threw away my sandwich! And I'm like, I'm so, and I immediately felt awful, but here's why she was actually crying. It's not because I threw away the sandwich. It was because um, we were disconnected and not connecting, and I talked about this last week, I get distracted very easily, and I don't listen very easily, and the number, the number one person who feels this is my wife. We're still working on that. But the reason that she was crying was not because I threw away the sandwich. It was because um, it just highlighted the distraction that she was experiencing whenever I was at home with her and not listening to her whenever she was telling me which um, container in the fridge to throw away and which one to bring to her as she's in the bed um, trying to feel better being pregnant, right? So it's incredibly important as a promise to strive for we. Um, Also, whenever you're single, you have a vision for your life, right? And there's like decisions you want to make and goals that you have and desires that you have. Um, Whenever and that's really helpful, even we'll talk about this next week, it's really helpful when it comes to dating is knowing where you're going. But here's what happens. As you know where you're going, and then let's say you decide to marry somebody, you lay that down. Whatever dreams and desires you had as a single person, you lay it down. Why? Because now together, we now have a we vision. 
And sometimes our single vision doesn't line up with we vision. But because we, we serve sacrificially and we choose to want to be with this person, so maybe some of the single stuff, the vision for our life can continue, but maybe some of it just has to get let go and let down. Why? Because there is a new vision. There's, a, there's this new direction that you're going. Um, you f- see this like in like where you're going to live with married couples, right? You see this with jobs. Um, I saw this um, too in school growing up where there, there was one person that was a missionary and there was another person that was a missionary, and one person like was a missionary to Rwanda, and the other person was a missionary to South Africa, and they just couldn't agree, couldn't agree, couldn't agree, and finally they found a we vision by going to Mozambique, and it was great, and they love it, right? So it takes, um, so you have one team, same passion, same direction, strive for we, right? And this takes, striving for we takes effort. You thought serving sacrificially was hard? Yeah, it's hard. Here's even harder. Striving for we. Why? Because we are constantly giving up us. We're constantly giving up me. And here's um, the red flag. If the green flag is striving for we, here's the red flag. Is a promise to me. Who I marry is here to serve me. Who I marry is for my happiness. Who I marry is for my emotional fulfillment. Who I marry is for my sexual fulfillment. Who I marry is for my goals, my dreams, my financial stability, my arm candy. Who I marry is here to serve me and my goals. No consideration to we and we goals. I went to a, I used to work at a summer camp, probably like a decade ago now. Um, I was working at a summer camp. And at this camp, it was a family camp to where, like, then the kids went, like, with the day camp counselors, and all the parents are there, and there was a camp speaker that was speaking to all the language, speaking to all the parents there. And um, as he was speaking, here's an exercise that he did. He had them turn to each other, and he had them repeat this line to each other. You are not my enemy. You are not my enemy. And people were, like, crying and, like, realizing, oh, my gosh, yeah, you are not my enemy. We're on the same team. Now, as a single person, that may or may not be difficult to understand, may or may not be able to, kind of, to grasp it. I know I understood it when I was single. I'm assuming you can kind of understand like why that would be so emotional for some people. Because imagine years and years and years and years of not connecting on we. You have two people on a me track for years and years and years. So now what happens? When you're on your me track, now this person becomes an obstacle to you and what you want. And that's why you view them as an enemy, because you view them as an obstacle to getting what you want. Whenever you get married, it's a promise not to strive for me. It's a promise to strive for we and what's best for us. Right? So that's number two. Number three is this. A promise to a lifelong commitment. A promise to a lifelong commitment. Marriage is for life. All throughout Scripture, Paul teaches, Jesus teaches, the Old Testament teaches that marriage is for life. Now, you may be saying, ha, Isaac, you don't know the divorce stat. Yes, I do. 50%, y'all know this one? 50% of marriages end in divorce? I've heard this. Okay. Yes, pretty pretty common stat. Um, It's true. Most marriages, 50% of marriages, um, end in divorce. Okay. Here's what is not said most of the time whenever you dig deeper into the numbers. If you look at couples that are regularly attending church together, if you look at couples that regularly serve together, if you look at couples that both promise to serve sacrificially, if you look at couples that both promise to strive for we, those numbers go down significantly. People get married that don't know what marriage is, and they don't know what they get themselves into, and then they get into it, and you're like, ah, this is too hard, I'm out, and then, and then it ends. 
But see, but at, at its core, with the design of marriage, how God designed marriage, God designed marriage um, for a lifelong commitment. Um, are there reasons to get divorced? Yes, it teaches that in Scripture. But overall, at its absolute core and at absolute essence, um, marriage is a promise to a lifelong commitment. It says this in the text um, where it says, a man's going to hold fast to his wife. This idea of holding fast is holding on till death do part. Right? Whenever you decide to get married, you're holding on for the rest of your life um, or the rest of their life. So that's a green flag. It's a promise to a lifelong commitment. Okay, what's a red flag? A promise to evaluate your value daily. A promise to evaluate your value daily. See, when there's a lifelong commitment, there's security. It can be the most amazing relationship, the best relationship in the world. If there's not a ring on the finger, if there's not a paper signed at the courthouse, there's always this, even it could be the best marriage, there's always just a little bit, just a little bit of like, man, I gotta prove myself. I gotta prove myself today. Um, so there's, um, some may say, hey, uh, why do I need a piece of paper to show you that I love you, right? Why do I need a piece of paper to show you that I love you? Why do I need a marriage certificate? Why do we need to get married? Um, can't we just have this really happy, healthy, long-term monogamous relationship and we don't need to, like, get th- make things official? And that's a common, sentiment, common sentiment around people that like the idea of long-term monogamous relationships and for whatever reason, um, you know, or have... Um, have negative experiences growing up, so I want to have a lot of compassion for people that are hesitant um, to marriage. Um, But here's the truth, is that it takes so much love, it takes even more love to commit to somebody legally at a courthouse with a ring on the finger to say that we're married. That is the commitment, is the absolute bedrock of love in marriage. It's like, no matter what happens, I'm with you. So the point to where I'm going to have an officiant or a judge or a courthouse, I'm going to have, I'm gonna, we're going to make it legal in the eyes of the government because that's how God has it set up now, designed in his image. Now it's institutionalized with the government that we have. Um, so whenever you're dating or living together, um, you have to, or you're just in a relationship, um, you have to prove your value daily by impressing and enticing. And maybe that sounds extreme, but at the, there, let's be honest, there's probably a little bit of that going on even in dating world, right? So that we have to show the chemistry is there or the relationship is fun or it's going to be over. So there's just always like just having to prove ourselves just a little bit every single day, Um, which is kind of a not the best way to be in a relationship. It's almost like like a job, right? Does anybody have any anxiety about job, like uh, um, job security? Okay. What do you do? You have a performance evaluation? Oh, my God, no. Is my boss going to like me? Are they not going to like me? Okay, am I dressing nice today? Uh-oh, uh-oh, the CEOs came in. I'm going to make sure I'm doing well today, right? Um, you know, we're constantly worried about getting fired or getting laid off. You know, we're hoping the market doesn't shift, right? See, whenever there's a lifelong commitment with two people that are deciding to get married, there's so much security um, within that, right? See, a legal bond of marriage creates security so where we can open up, where we can reveal our true selves, where we can be vulnerable, where we no longer have to keep up facades, um, we no longer have to, tr- to pretend, we can just be our full selves, right? We don't have to keep selling ourselves. See, we can lay down the last layer of our defense, we can just be completely naked, both physically and emotionally. Why? Because there's security. There's lifelong security um, within that, right? Where last week we talked about being fully known and fully loved, so in some way marriage, we talked about safe Christian friendship last week, marriage, is an incredibly rich 
form of safe Christian friendship where you get to marry your safest Christian friend to be fully known and fully loved and have full security within that relationship. It's a lot of effort though. It's a lot of effort. So why do people want to get married? I'm going to tell you the story. Maybe you've heard it before. So um, a husband and a wife get married. You know, they're, on their, they're planning to get married. And, you know, he's excited and she's excited, but she's also a little bit nervous and doesn't quite know exactly what to expect, you know, but she's in, right? So on their wedding day, when they're exchanging vows, here's what he says. He says, um, I love you. And to remind you of my love, I'm going to give you a rose every single day. And she says, <laughs> Okay, all right, let's see if that actually happens. So sure enough, so they get married, they go on their honeymoon. First day of the honeymoon, there's a rose. She's like, okay, there's no way. Second day, there's a rose. Every day of their honeymoon, there's a rose. So they get back from the honeymoon. She's like, okay, that was the honeymoon. There's no way. They get back. They're in their house. Sorry, their apartment is a rose. She's like, okay. So then they just keep living their life. Every single day, there's a rose, there's a rose. They get into their first big fight, right, where they just blows up. They go to bed mad. Next day, there's a rose. See, now, they, now they're kind of in their marriage within their first year, and they get a house. There's a rose. Um, you know, they have kids. They're having the first kid, second kid. There's a rose. Every single day, she's getting a rose, reminding her of the love that he has for her, right? So the highs and the lows of life, right, to where now, like, they're thinking through, like, what city now they want to live in. They may need to relocate. Um, there's hospital visits. There's overnight stays at the hospitals. The highs and lows of life, there's a rose every single day. See, there's good days and there's bad days, a rose every single day for decades. Decades of their life, there's a rose. So now they're kind of humming in their marriage. They've been married for a very long time. So now he gets sick. He's in the hospital. They're holding hands. And he passes. And she's grieving and so upset and just mourning the loss. So she goes home. The next day, she gets a knock at the door. There was a delivery man who had a rose for her. See, because what happened was the decades that they were married, what he had done is he had kept saving up and saving up and saving up. So that way, whenever he passed, she could keep getting a rose every single day of her life. To prove, just to show how much, how much he loved her and to remind her of that. Keep reading in the text. Why does this resonate so much with us? Because this is the gospel. This is actually the heartbeat. The secret of marriage is this in verse 32. This mystery is profound, and I'm saying that it refers, he's talking about marriage. Hey, marriage is a mystery. It doesn't make sense. And I'm saying that it refers to Christ and the church. However, let each one of you love his wife as himself, and the wife see that she respects her husband. See, marriage, marriage is a picture of Jesus and it's a picture of the gospel. Mar the, ultimately, marriage, if you don't understand Jesus and understand the gospel, marriage really doesn't make sense for all the reasons that we said. It takes so much effort and so much what's required of us with the sacrificial love and lifelong commitment, 
right? And going from me to we, it's incredibly difficult. And yet, it's so worthwhile and so glorious. Why? Because the picture of Jesus and who Jesus is and what Jesus says, where Jesus loves us and Jesus gives us a rose every single day, even when we don't deserve it, because that's who Jesus is and he loves us. And Jesus serves sacrificially. And Jesus connects with us, right, and has a we with us. And, and Jesus commits to us for a lifetime, even when we don't deserve it, even in our bad days. Actually, on our worst day, it says, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us and wanted to marry us in a spiritual sense. See, whenever you understand marriage through the lens of the gospel, marriage becomes more than just a, than just like this like natural, cool friendship where you get to do fun things with your best friend. It becomes this supernatural experience where two people are so connected to each other physically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually, supernaturally, because especially in Christ, because that's who Jesus is and that's the picture of what marriage is. And it's so difficult and it's so rewarding uh, for us, right? Tim Keller says this. He says, the primary goal of Christian marriage is not social status and stability as it was in ancient cultures, nor is it primarily romantic and emotional happiness as it is in our culture today. Paul points husbands to Jesus's sacrificial love toward us, his bride. And with that, we get to experience joy in serving and we can experience a marriage that drives us deeper into Jesus and deeper understanding of the gospel. I'm gonna close with this line and then I wanna pray. The gospel is this. We are more sinful and flawed in ourselves than we ever dared believe. And yet at the, same, yet at the very same time, we are more loved and accepted in Jesus Christ than we ever dared hope. I'm gonna read that one more time. We are more sinful and flawed in ourselves than we ever dared believe. And yet at the very same time, we are more loved and accepted in Jesus Christ than we ever dared hope. When two people understand that, when two people understand they are so sinful and so broken more than they understand, and two people say, hey, I'm going to love you in spite of your brokenness, in spite of your sin, I'm gonna love you the way that Jesus loves us, it is an absolutely incredible experience. Now, as, I'm ta- as I've been talking you know, for the last few minutes, for some of us, that's deeply resonated and you're like, yep, that's what I want. And for others of us, you're saying, yep, that's great. I wanna be single. <laughs> Being single is amazing. We're gonna get to talk about that in a few weeks around the gift of singleness. But if you desire marriage, um, I would love for all of us to live incredibly flourishing lives as single or as married. And if you desire marriage in that way, now we can have a conversation about dating and what that can look like with that in mind. Is that cool? Let's pray. Father, we love you. God, we're so grateful for you. Jesus, man, as we're just thinking through marriage and thinking through um, the gospel and what it means in marriage, God, and just being a picture of the gospel, God, I pray that we can have this vision for our lives now where marriage is no longer self-serving. God, we will find fulfillment. We will find joy. We will find happiness, God. Um, but we're going to find it um, through serving and sacrifice and commitment and love and joy in that way, God. I just pray for amazing families, God, through the table, God, whether they happen in a few months, God, whether they happen in a few years, God, or whether we just have amazing single people that are just amazing, have amazing friends and amazing community. God, I just love you, and we love you so much. In Jesus' name, amen.